Welcome to the Boss in Heels podcast with your host, Lara Nassessian, the podcast that shares the mindset, habits, tools, and tactics of inspiring women. Hi, everyone. This is Lara Nassessian, and welcome to the Boss in Heels podcast. Today is going to be a solo episode and it has actually been requested after I posted a couple of things around my weekend activities and routines and jumped in the ocean in kind of freezing cold (laughs) temperatures. And I received a plethora of questions and DMs and messages asking me about some of these practices that I have developed during this lockdown period. And so that sort of prompted me to sit down and record this solo episode, which is all about the healthy habits which I have instilled in my life to create a level of calm, vitality, and to create more energy into my world. So Before we get stuck into today's episode, I just wanted to take a moment to say that if you have left me a review on the Boston Hills podcast, I wanted to say thank you so much. Those reviews honestly go such a long way and it is really the thing that helps us to sustain being able to record this podcast and to create more value. So it really helps to keep the podcast going as well as recommending it to people in your networks. It makes sure that we are reaching the right audiences. So if you have taken a moment to do that already, then thank you so much. If you enjoy this episode and you haven't yet had an opportunity to leave a rating and review, then I ask that you please do me that favor and leave me a rating and a review and let me know um, what you most enjoy about listening to the Boston Hills podcast. It really does go such a long way and it helps out the podcast enormously. So with that being said, I wanted to get stuck into today's episode, which I said is all about the 10 healthy habits which I have deployed in my own life. And hopefully by listening to these, um, it inspires you to take some sort of positive action build some sort of resilience, build some sort of positive practices in your life that can really help you and your future self as well. So the first thing that I wanted to share, and if you have listened to my podcast for a while, then this probably won't come as a surprise to you because I'm such a big advocate for this, but it's really been around building and instilling an effective morning routine and also an evening routine as well. These are foundational to my day. They are absolutely pivotal, non-negotiable parts of my day because they really do set my day up for success, but then equally helps me to wind down um, before bedtime and get some better quality sleep before the end of each day as well. So in terms of my morning routine, and I'm not going to go into all of the granular detail of it on this episode because I've got plenty of other content dedicated to my morning routine. Um, I've got a podcast episode dedicated to it, and I've also got some new YouTube videos about my lockdown routines and rituals and things like that, where I kind of delve into the specific details. But effectively, there's a few things that I do every morning. I wake up at five. I have a few non-negotiable things, which I do every day, which really involves working out some sort of movement, whether it's a walk or some sort of other exercise, preferably outdoors in nature. 
as well as some mindfulness. So I do, you know, meditation, breath work, um, a gratitude practice, and I read as well. And all of those things really do help me to set my day up for success. It helps instill a level of calm. It helps me to be more resilient. It provides me with the right amount of energy and fills up my own cup before I go and give my energy away to everyone else because I have very long, heavy days big schedules, a lot of pressure, a lot of demands. And I have to do those things in order for me to be good to others. Um, and I'm a big believer we have to be good to ourselves first before we can really be, you know, our best selves for anyone else. So having a really solid and effective morning routine is crucial. But equally, I really found some benefits in instilling a positive um, evening routine. And that has centered around me going to sleep much earlier. So I have been getting a good sort of seven and a half to eight hours sleep per night. My wind down routine starts at around 8.30 PM where I'm already in my pajamas and I've had a shower and I've done all of that I'll brush my teeth, I'll get into bed, read for about 20 minutes or so, and then I'll do a Dr. Joe Dispenza evening um, meditation, which um, I can put the link for that in the show notes of this episode if you are interested in that. It really does help me to let go of my day, let go of the stress all of those little voices that run around in our mind at the moment that we want to go to sleep, it really helps me to kind of manage that and uh, reduce those thoughts um, late at night. And then it also helps me to shift my focus to the future and to creating the kind of future that I want to manifest and live out. So having a really solid morning and evening routine is crucial to my day, crucial to my success and to be able to sustain all of the things that I do. So that is number one is to create some sort of morning or evening routine or ritual that you can really stick and live by. The second healthy habit, which is a non-negotiable for me, is working out. This is paramount to me. I put such a huge emphasis on my overall mental and physical well-being and a big part of my day and my week is working out and moving my body regularly. So whilst we have been in Sydney lockdown, I have been doing a lot of activity and keeping very keeping very active and my day is sort of made up by a morning walk. So usually walk for at least 45 minutes to an hour, sometimes more if I'm catching up for a walk and talk with someone in the morning. And then I will also get outside at lunchtime and go for a walk around the block or the park or the oval nearby. And then I'll also do some sort of physical activity in the evening. So this is sort of what Monday to Friday looks like for me. I don't work out on Friday evening though. Um, but usually in the evenings, I will do either a Zoom workout or I will do a run. 
I also do one lunchtime yoga class and then I also do a boxing PT session on Saturday mornings, which I'm loving. I'm obsessed with it. I have really kind of immersed myself into the sport. It's so beneficial mentally, physically, from a mindset perspective. Um, there's just so many benefits to boxing and I'm really enjoying that time on a Saturday morning because it's such a good mental release as well. And it really helps me to let go of any of the stress or anxiety or frustration for the week and really help me to channel that frustration in a really constructive way. <laughs> and not that I have a lot of really, you know, frustrating weeks every week, but I deal with a lot of people. And when you deal with people, there's a lot of complications, issues, pressure, stress that comes with that. And me having that dedicated one-on-one -on -one time for a boxing session is honestly some of the best money that I spend. The other thing that I've been doing on Sunday is um, going for really long walks and then also going ocean swimming, which I'm going to cover off later. So I'm not going to dive too much into that detail now. But the point is that I find a lot of ways to stay active, to keep moving, to get the blood pumping through my body. And I do that like three times a day, even if it is just getting up and walking around the block. So doesn't have to be this huge strenuous workout every time, but um, enough to kind of get me moving and get my blood pumping and get the benefits of kind of um, working out. So they are um, really, really critical to my day and week. Um, so the second strategy that I wanted to share is working out and moving my body. The third healthy habit, which really helps me to have a level of energy and vitality and nourish myself the right way is eating really clean food, eating fresh and organic produce and food and being really selective with what I'm putting into my body. So I'm not someone who um, pays a lot of attention to what is on the scales. The last time I think I weighed myself was like before I had to go to hospital for something like a few years ago, I don't really ever weigh myself, don't own a pair of scales at home. Um, to me, it doesn't really matter. It's more about how I feel and how healthy and good I feel. And um, what I will say though is eating healthy is really important to me. And a lot of that, I think, comes down to the preparation of it. So if you, you know, I'm a big believer that if you fail to prepare, then prepare to fail. And I think that applies for a lot of things in life. And I think one of them is around, you know, eating clean and eating healthy. And a big reason I'm able to eat so clean and healthy throughout the week is because I make sure that there is enough food in the house that it's all fresh, good food that keeps me really full, nourished. Um, I don't feel tempted to then go and, you know, get heaps of snacks or um, just kind of fill my body with rubbish. Um, so Monday to Friday, I eat pretty, pretty clean. Um, a lot of the things that um, 
uh, into from a meal perspective of things that I might kind of plan and prepare for in advance. So um, I'll sort of make all my breakfast and prepare for lunches and dinners as much as possible to just kind of help the the week run smoother. Um, but the other thing is, you know, when it comes to weekends, yes, I am a little bit more relaxed. doesn't mean that I go and binge on anything and everything I see on Saturday and Sunday. I just don't feel good when I do that. But I will have, you know, relax my kind of eating a little bit on the weekends. And if I want to have a coffee and croissant on a weekend, on a Sunday morning or something like that, I will do that. If I want to have, you know, a big bowl of pasta or pizza and some chocolate on a Saturday night, I will do that. So I don't really deprive myself, but I just kind of eat probably like 90-10, I would say, like 90% clean and then 10% sort of that soul food or, you know, chocolate or these little kind of vices. Um, So I still kind of get that in. And I feel like it's really important to not fully deprive yourself of those kinds of things either. Cause I feel like when you deprive yourself for too long, then that's when you'll tend to binge and kind of go down a bit of a rabbit hole um, and kind of fall off the wagon a bit more. So this is what works for me. I find it really easy to kind of turn down junk food during the week because it's just not part of my day and it's not sort of what I've prepared and I'll just kind of end up eating what I've prepared in advance. And making sure that I'm eating food that really nourishes me, keeps me full, really does kind of prevent me from even thinking or getting tempted to kind of divulge into things that, um, I should say, indulge in things that maybe not be as good for you. So um, planning meals in advance, making sure that I'm purchasing really fresh produce, organic, um, good quality ingredients is something that's really, really important. Things that are wholesome, things that are good for my body, my mind, you know, nourish me the right way. Um, make sure that I'm getting all of the nutrients that I need um, and to have that kind of energy to sustain all of the things that I do in my day and week as well. So number three is to eat clean, um, plan your meals in advance um, and to put really sort of fresh, good quality produce into your body. And I feel very grateful that I get to do that as well. I know that not everyone has access to that and I feel very grateful that I have a choice and Um, the luxury of being able to kind of choose good quality products, but I do believe in prevention rather than cure. And I think that when you try and cut corners on the wrong things, food being one of them, you end up paying the price in a much bigger way later down the track. So I think prevention is always better than cure when it comes to almost anything. And, you know, health is certainly one of those. I'd rather spend a little bit more money now on, you know, good quality ingredients rather than try and skimp um, and get cheaper alternatives, which are not as good for me, which are not going to nourish me or my body in the right way. And then having longer term health consequences as well. So that is number three. The fourth healthy healthy habit, um, which is another non-negotiable for me, is to drink plenty of water. I probably drink close to three liters of water a day. And because I do move quite a fair bit, it's quite easy for me to do that. I just I find that the more I drink, the thirstier I get. So for me, just having a drink bottle or a you know glass on my desk at all times. It's just something that I do. I constantly sip on water throughout my workday. 
just kind of having a nice big fresh bottle of drinking water in a bottle that you actually like makes a really big difference. And so I generally drink out of soul cups and I've had the founder, Rebecca, come on the podcast before, but her her products are genuinely so beautiful. They're not only aesthetically pleasing, however, also very sustainable, um, good for the environment. Everything's designed to be, you know, reused, dishwasher friendly, all of those kinds of things. And so um, staying really hydrated, drinking plenty of water. Um, if you're not sure how much water you're supposed to drink, then I'd recommend, you know, seeking medical advice. I'm not a doctor. I'm not claiming to be. Um, I'm not trying to sort of dish out any kind of advice of that nature. I think that if you're not sure, um, there's a lot of mixed advice out there in terms of whether it's eight glasses or whatever. I think it has to do with your physiology and how you're made up and built. I think that some people need to drink more than others, but I do really believe in staying really hydrated. Um, you know, not only is it good for you, kind of flushes all your toxins out. Um, it's also great for your skin and, um, from a beauty perspective as well. So there's lots of benefits on drinking loads of water. The fifth strategy that I wanted to share is around mindfulness and breath work. So this is something that I do twice a day. So in the morning, I will do 10 minutes of meditation using the Headspace app, and then I'll do 10 minutes of Wim Hof breath work. And what I find is that it just helps me gather my thoughts, give me a sense of clarity, calm, energy before I start my day. And then I do about 20 minutes of nighttime meditation. As I mentioned earlier, I do the Dr. Joe Dispenza evening meditation, and that is hugely beneficial. So actually spending some time to focus on my breath, to focus on being in the present moment, we're so easily, you know, distracted or consumed by what's going on in our day. And we're either, you know, stressing about the future or worrying about the future or, you know, feeling depressed about something that happened in the past. And doing these kinds of things a couple of times a day really does bring me back to the now. It brings me back to the present moment and it means that I'm able to really focus on what's important and focus on the now. So there's a number of benefits to doing the Wim Hof breath work in particular and um, scientifically shown to do things such as, you know, boost your immune system, improve your levels of concentration, improve your overall mental well-being, increase your willpower, increase your energy levels. It's even shown to relieve um, symptoms of depression and to relieve stress as well. And I truly feel whenever I do these exercises, I feel a sense of calm. I feel a sense of being in control. I feel like my, you know, all my blood cells are filled with so much energy and it really does kind of get that blood pumping through my body and my veins as well. And um, it's hugely beneficial. So I, I truly 
recommend it. If you haven't checked out Wim Hof Breathing, I'll put the direct link in the show notes so that you can have a look at the YouTube video and try it for yourself. Um, I found it to be such a beneficial practice, which is why it's built into my morning routine. So the fifth strategy that I wanted to share is to do some kind of mindfulness or breath work every day. The sixth strategy that has been a real healthy habit for me and such a big mindset shift for me is gratitude. And so this might seem like such a small thing, but it often is the small things which have the greatest impact. And in terms of gratitude, I like to consider myself quite a grateful person in that, you know, I always appreciate what people do for me. I always, you know, say thank you very much. I always make people feel really heard and seen when they've done something for me. Um, you know, I think that's really important. But I also think it's important to go a little bit deeper. And I do a written gratitude practice every morning. I spend a couple of minutes, let's just say three to five minutes, writing down all of the things that I feel grateful for in that moment in that day, something that happened the day before, whatever it might be. And what happens when I do that is the amount of goodness that comes into my life increases exponentially. And the reason I know that is because I have tried and tested it myself. I've been doing gratitude for, can't remember how long, definitely over a year, maybe 18 months or thereabouts. And the amount of goodness that has come into my life after I started paying attention to it and actually focusing my attention on gratitude has been exponential. And there's no other explanation other than the fact that I do this simple gratitude practice every day. So I pull out my journal, I spend a few moments just writing everything down, all of the things, the people that I'm grateful for, my husband, you know, my family, my friends, a a pleasant interaction that I had with a stranger, the person that made me my coffee, um, you know, someone that did something really nice for me, Um, you know, through to things like, you know, my health, my home, my general well-being, um, the fact that I got a good night's sleep, being able to watch the sunrise, my morning coffee. I know that coffee is obviously a theme for me, but I really do appreciate um, and enjoy and embrace my morning coffee. Um, and anything like that, anything of that nature. Um, and I really find that it is such a healthy and positive habit to deploy in your life. And Oprah said this, and it's so true. When you focus on the good that you have, you know, the goodness increases. So when you focus on all of the good things that you have, you know, the good increases exponentially. You invite more goodness to come into your life. And I think it was Tony Robbins that said, you know, where your focus goes is where energy flows. So when you focus on all of the things that you do have, they become bigger. Whereas when you focus on all of the things that you don't have, that is what becomes bigger. And so I choose to focus my energy on the things that I do have. And by being grateful for everything that I already have, it means that I'm coming from a place of fulfillment, a place of flourish. Um, a place of, you know, plentifulness rather than from a place of lack. And 
Um, when you're focusing on what you don't have, you're focusing on the lack and you're creating that gap to become even bigger and bigger and bigger. So gratitude is a really positive practice and something that I would highly recommend you do. It doesn't have to be anything overly complicated, just pulling out a notebook and a pen and writing down the date and what you feel grateful for in that moment. Even if you just start with three things, you know, and then just build it from there. Um, I highly recommend it. The seventh healthy strategy that I wanted to share with you and what sort of prompted this episode from being recorded was that, like I said, at the start of this episode, so many questions about, um, cold water therapy and the benefits of cold water therapy. So I got introduced to Wim Hof breathing maybe 12 or 18 months ago, and he has actually helped sort of me to encourage not only to do the breath work portion of his work, but also the cold water therapy. So I started to take cold showers in the morning. So I would start with a hot shower, And then towards the end to the last kind of couple of minutes, I turn it on to cold all the way, irrespective of the season. So whether it's summer or winter, which we are in now as I'm recording this episode, it's the end of winter here in Australia, cold shower always. And there's so many benefits to it. And I really started to feel the amount of energy and what it was doing for my body and my mindset. And I was like, okay, I feel like there's something really to this. Then during this lockdown period, I've really been trying to kind of open myself up to new things. So like I mentioned earlier, just like I've been trying to do um, new sports and things like boxing and kind of taking that up and immersing myself in that as a sport, I've also tried to open myself up to new and different experiences, things that I've kind of been feeling pulled towards but just never made the time for. And as I was like going for a lot of walks by the ocean, by the harbour during this lockdown period, feeling so incredibly grateful for where I live that I get access to the beach, to nature and to Sydney Harbour. I feel very, very, very grateful and blessed and I do not take that for granted at all. And so I really wanted to make the most of that experience and make the most of where I get access to within this limited bubble that we're currently allowed to travel out of. And so I was kind of going for a lot of walks and then like looking at it and being like, oh, I really had this like urge to go jump in the ocean. Um, and I just kind of decided to start doing it. And so like my husband was like, oh, you should just like, you know, take your swimmers and just like go for a swim. And so I started doing that and um, it was freezing, I should say numbing at first, um, like just completely numbing, I think is the only way to kind of describe it. But then the longer I stayed in the water, I was like, oh, this is actually really exhilarating. And I feel so invigorated and rejuvenated and there's so many benefits of being in cold water, but especially in ocean and salt water. It is so healing. And, you know, that night I went home and I felt like really tired, but, you know, like that good tired when you just feel so relaxed and I slept so well that night, like I had such a good night's sleep. And I guess that's something that um is worth kind of talking about is just the quality of sleep that I've been having. Um, I'll get to that soon. 
But there's so many benefits of cold water therapy and I can see what the appeal of it is. And, you know, Wim Hof's work really probably inspired me to kind of do that. Um, and some of the scientific benefits of cold water therapy include things like, you know, speeding up your metabolism, uh, reduction in inflammation um, and sore muscles, um, as well as swelling. Um, improves the quality of your sleep, which I can certainly kind of put my hand up whenever I do it. I sleep so well and just such a good quality sleep um, that night. Um, improve focus and also um, scientific em- de- evidence, I should say, to um, demonstrate that there's um, improvement in terms of immune responses as well. And I... I'm just loving it. I feel like it's such a great ritual, which I've now kind of created out of this lockdown period is like once a week on a Sunday to go for an ocean swim. And it's just really invigorating and a little gutsy and I kind of love it. And, um, Last Sunday, I was probably the only crazy person. There was literally no one else swimming. It was cold. It looked like it was about to storm. There were a couple of people in there with wetsuits on and I was like, nah, like I'm just going to go in for it. And I did. And I'm so glad that I did. It just makes you feel so good. It is so healing and rejuvenating. So cold water therapy is a new one for me, um, but one that I'm feeling a lot of benefits from. The eighth healthy habit, which I have created, I actually had on here infrared sauna and I haven't been able to go to the infrared sauna since being in lockdown, but I found that this and the cold water therapy is kind of interchangeable um, in the sense that obviously one is really hot and the other one is really cold, but I felt a lot of benefits from going to the infrared sauna regularly and just really sitting there and sweating it out and kind of popping it on some kind of meditation or mindfulness and find it's really cleansing. It kind of just helps you sweat out all of the toxins. I think it really helps me to prevent um, sort of getting sick, you know, for, and prevents me from getting colds and flus and those kinds of things. Um, it really does rejuvenate me, energize me. There's a whole bunch of scientific studies that kind of demonstrate all of the benefits to doing infrared sauna. The difference between an infrared sauna and a regular sauna is that an infrared sauna doesn't get necessarily as hot. So, you know, when you go into like those older kind of saunas with the coal and then someone kind of puts water on it and it's like steam everywhere and you can't, can hardly breathe and you can't wait to get out. It's not like that. So the heat is a little bit lower. So usually it's set between like 65 to 68 degrees or thereabout is usually the temperature setting for me. And then, um, It's bearable and I can actually sit in there for 45 minutes. The difference is it has an infrared light and the infrared light has a lot of healing properties to it as well. It's very rejuvenating, um, as I mentioned, and um, just a really great way to kind of decompress after a big week as well. It's very preventative um, and I've really been enjoying doing that as much as I have, but obviously have not been able to do it for over two months now since being in lockdown and the infrared sauna is closed. Um, but certainly something that I would recommend anyone who I've recommended it to 
has loved it and kind of reported back similar benefits of doing it. Um, it's just a great little way to self-care um, and sort of recharge your batteries, um, particularly if you do have big or heavy schedules, workloads, pressure, stress, all of the rest of it. I find it's a really good way to just kind of sit be device free um, for 45 minutes, sweat it out and feel really good under the healing light. The ninth strategy that I wanted to share is less screen time um, in general, which specifically speaks to less social media and less news. I've recorded a couple of episodes on my YouTube channel, which you can watch. Um, one of them was living my best lockdown life. And then the second one was around the habits, routines and rituals, which I've implemented during lockdown. And a big part of it has been less screen time. And I kind of share this and go into detail on my YouTube episode But I got to a point that I just got so sick of the news and the negativity and everyone talking about COVID and that whole conversation. And I was just not interested in talking about it anymore. I'm just over it. And so I wanted to put my energy into more positive practices and spend my time more intentionally and in a more positive way consuming, 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 you know, negative news, um, negative comments on social media, negative anything, content. I just was not interested in hearing about it, listening to it, watching it, any of it. And I decided to, you know, create more and consume less. So put that energy into creating content for Boston Hills, doing things that are more productive, things that are going to help add value to the lives of other people, rather than just kind of aimlessly consuming this news and this negativity, which really does infiltrate and create so much fear and hysteria and panic in people. And you see it in the way that people behave. There's so much fear that is being instilled into people. And that's just not how I'm choosing to live my life. I'm choosing to take control of my own life, of my own mindset, and being really specific around what I'm consuming and limiting the amount of consumption. So I immediately put some parameters and boundaries in place from a screen time perspective, specifically on Instagram, where I've put a 30-minute cap on Instagram each day. And I spend 15 minutes in the morning after I've done my morning routine and breakfast, and I choose to opt into email and social media then. And then 15 minutes after dinner, and that's it. And I'm not kind of just spending time throughout the day checking things, responding to messages, like that's on other people's timeline. That's not on my timeline. And I'm starting to become a lot more ruthless around that because, you know, the more that you give, the more people will kind of expect from you. And that's not their fault. It's your fault for not putting the boundaries in place. And so I've really learned that I have to be a bit more firm and say no, put more boundaries in place and stick to them. And significantly cutting down my social media intake has actually resulted in me Um, going back to what I was saying earlier, my nighttime routine, it's helped me to have a much more healthy nighttime routine because I um, turn off 
sort of my screen and social media and I'm not consuming that right up until the moment that I go to sleep at night. My phone goes on to bedtime mode between 9 p.m. and 5 a.m. I don't see any notifications. I only see a sort of dimmed down home screen with um, the time um, that my alarm is going to go off and sleep well is what my phone says to me. And that's that's so much more calming than just the um, overflow of news and articles and videos and commentary around negative news and media, which I just don't want to buy into. So I do agree that there's a certain amount of needing to know what's going on in the world so that you're not kind of burying your head in the sand and being really ignorant to what's happening. But I also think that there's a fine line of knowing what's going on versus kind of immersing yourself into that. And um, if you're not actually going to do something about it to positively help or contribute in some way, then, you know, why even, why even waste your energy on it if you're not going to do anything productive as a result of it? So that's kind of where I'm at, at with that. But um, reducing social media and then sleeping more and sleeping better as well. So sleep has always been a bit of a downfall for me out of all of the sort of pillars of health. That was one where I struggled the most with. But I have to say that my new nighttime routine and cutting back on screen time has really helped me to put some better sleeping practices in place. Um, and like I said, I've been going to sleep earlier and I have been waking up um, with a lot more ease in the morning as well, not struggling to wake up um, and I'm feeling much fresher in the morning and then not checking my phone at all other than to go into like my meditations or things like that that I'm actually using to facilitate my morning routine um, but not using it to check email or social media until later on. So um, less screen time and better quality sleep. The 10th one, and I think I kind of covered this slightly in the last point, but I had um, the 10th positive practice that I have created is to say no and set boundaries. And so this has been a really hard one for me because my natural tendency is to try and help everyone. And I've realized by trying to help anyone and everyone it means that you will end up becoming, you know, nothing <laughs> to no one. You'll be spread so thin that you possibly cannot get to everyone and answer all of their questions and try and help them in a meaningful way um, and do the impactful work at the same time. Something's got to give. And I'm at a point in my life now where the thing that's going to give is not the impactful needle moving items. It's going to be all these little tiny things, which, you know, is a little bit here or there and um, might help someone slightly, but is not going to get the impact. And so that has been a real focus for me and something that I constantly have to work at is saying no and setting boundaries. I have a whole podcast episode to saying no and setting boundaries. I'll put the link for that in the show notes. If you haven't listened to that episode and if it is something that you struggle with, then I recommend listening to that episode and I go into the specific strategies that I've used to be able to say no for someone who's a people pleaser, which I know is not an easy thing to do, but I talk about all of the things which I've been deploying 
and is still a work in progress for me too. Like I'm not perfect at it, but I'm constantly trying and constantly investing my energy into setting up better practices and processes to say no and to have really firm boundaries in place and um, just be a little bit less accessible, not be inaccessible, but just be a little bit less accessible because it means I get to actually focus on doing this stuff, which is creating content at scale rather than you know, helping people on an individual one-to-one basis, which, you know, I love in the form of my coaching clients, but just simply do not have the time to do outside of that. So they are my 10 healthy habits, which I have deployed to create a level of calm, energy, vitality in my work and in my life and my daily practices. Just to summarize again, the first one is to have some sort of morning routine or evening routine. The second one is to work out and move your body. Third is to plan your meals in advance and to eat clean and eat well. Four is to drink plenty of water. Five is to practice some kind of mindfulness and breath work. Six is to practice gratitude on a daily basis. Seven is cold water therapy. Eight is going to the infrared sauna. Nine is less screen time. Uh, less social media and less news consumption and 10 is to say no more and set firm boundaries. So I hope that you found those practices beneficial. If there is something that you're going to take away from this episode and try and work on in your own life, if there's a certain area in your life when it comes to health and vitality that you've been struggling a bit more on and you want to work more on, then let me know. Take a screenshot of this episode and tag me on Instagram at Hills underscore so that I can reshare all your beautiful posts. And like I said at the beginning, if you enjoy this episode, then please remember to hit that subscribe, rate and leave a review for the Boston Hills podcast and share this with someone who you think would really benefit from listening to some of the positive and healthy practices which I've shared today. So I'm going to leave this episode here for now, depending on when you're listening. I hope that you have a beautiful day, week and um I'll be back next week with a brand new episode. So take care and bye for now. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Boss in Heels podcast. Be sure to visit bossinheels.com for a ton of information, resources and articles on all things career and personal development. And subscribe to this podcast for all future episodes.